I will hit the old record button here and we will get rolling. Um, so what I'm going to do first is I'm going to have uh, you kind of introduce yourself okay. and just tell people about, you know, your background, where you're sure. from, all that fun stuff. Sure. So go for it. Okay. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, my name's, you're welcome. Yes. My name is Sarah Hill. I am one of the pastors at the Presbyterian Church here in town and most recently also the firefighter chaplain for the fire department, mm -hmm. which was awesome for two weeks and then the coronavirus hit. So now it's hard to continue to be their chaplain and show up, but I keep supporting them from my house and with texts and cards. I, we have lived in Fort Dodge for 11 years. It'll be 11 years next month. Nice. Which is crazy because we had to look Fort Dodge up on the map 11 years ago when we moved here. My husband and I were getting ready to graduate from seminary in New Jersey and the way that the jobs work in the in our denomination in the PCUSA it's like match.com so you upload your profile a church uploads their prof profile and then the system matches you and so we were applying to churches that were on paper good fits for us in Alaska, Florida, Virginia, oh. Washington state, Pennsylvania, California, I mean everywhere, like 30 different ones. And uh, the church that hired us was First Presbyterian Church of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and they hired Austin as their associate pastor. So we moved from Princeton to here with uh, two cats and um, two cars and a motorcycle and a, tr a whole big U-Haul full of stuff <laughs> for Austin's job. And we thought, well, we like the church and I'm sure the community will be fine if, if we enjoy the, the church. I'm sure the community's great. And maybe we'll be here for a year or two. And now it's 11 years. <laughs> so after that, I got a job as a pastor in Goldfield. And then after that, I got a job with Austin as one of the pastors here. And then when Pastor Al was murdered, they asked me to be the chaplain to the fire department. And I said yes to that. And we don't really have any plans to leave. I mean, we have really deep roots here, which is wild because growing up in Philadelphia, Iowa was just one of those square states in the middle that yeah. I, maybe was Iowa, maybe was Nebraska, and who knows? Yep. The flyover state. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And now it's home, and it's home hmm. to our babies, and our babies aren't even babies anymore. So. Yeah, your kids are how me. old? Uh, six and eight. Six and eight. Eight and a half. Six and a half. All right. Ev will be seven next week, so then I'll have a oh. seven and an eight-year-old, and they're going into second and third grade. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That happened in a hot minute. Yeah. It goes pretty quick. <laughs> uh -huh. Like I, Michael graduated just now or what? It's weird because he doesn't graduate till the end of July, but oh, right. school's over. So I say graduated. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, it seems like yesterday he was in first grade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was always one of those people like when parents talk about that, uh, I'm always like, uh, oh, I don't, none of that affects me. I don't cry. I do. I'm actually a big crier. <laughs> um, just not really in front of people. <laughs> And so I uh, like behind closed doors, it's it's weird for me to like really fall in that moment mm -hmm. of thinking like how quickly it went for me holding him mm -hmm. as a baby and my mom and dad seeing him first and Lisa being knocked out laying on the bed and uh, and coming out of it. And, you know, and now we're getting him a place in Cedar Rapids to go to school. I know. And yeah, he took his senior photos. Yeah. And, boom. Oh gone. My gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was like a just flash. I know. So it's, it's going yeah. by at a very fast rate. It does. Yeah. And it's so weird because I remember like uh, 
when he was like little, I, I always say stuff to Lisa, like, I can't wait for me and him to be able to go to the zoo or right. like play catch. Right. You know, and then you're like, oh, I wish I could go back to him being two mm-hmm. and needing me, you know, and now, mm-hmm. now, he, you know, it's, they love you then. They don't, I I'm sure they love you now, but they don't love me now. But uh, that need kind of goes away in a weird, that sense of need. And so right. it's weird to think he's his own little human he is you've launched him congratulations yeah yeah well we'll see how this next chapter goes uh (laughs) you know i was not a school kid and and he's done a lot better than i ever have and uh and so hopefully college is is comes easy to him as well and good being on his own and you know all the i think things that you can yes Mm adulting is a good word for that so or i would even say like temptation right like Mm -hmm. he'll he'll be tempted with lots of freedoms yep and so hopefully he uh picks and chooses the right ones right yeah right so yeah um so working side by side with your husband like how's that go do you like it do you guys hate it no it's got its days we it has its days we (laughs) love it most days we don't see each other okay um which you would think with our offices right next to each other we would but Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm out visiting. He's writing a sermon. I, we see each other in staff meetings, but we're just, we're going in different directions. It was, um, our, let's see, it was in 2014. So our kids were zero and two. So we were still in like the baby fog and it was Holy week. And so he had his services. I had my services in Goldfield. It was after Maundy Thursday, we both had our separate services. We had to find babysitters because the kids' bedtime was early enough that we needed babysitters. And I just thought, I don't, I don't even get to see you or my family. Like, um, we're, we're celebrating Easter and Jesus is risen and it's my favorite holiday. And maybe I'll see you in the afternoon because between us, we had five services. Oh, we had to hire wow. a babysitter to come to our house at six in the morning, like for the sunrise service. It was just, it was crazy. Yeah. And I thought, this is really hard. Especially now that we have kids, uh, it seemed that our kids would always get sick on Saturday night or Sunday morning. And then who do you call at seven in the morning on a Sunday to take care of your kids? My parents live in North Carolina. Austin's okay. parents live in San Diego. Oh, None of our brothers live here. The closest family we have is my cousin in Ames. And oh, wow. We don't. So yeah. we have our church friends who are our family. Yep. but. It got to be really difficult. And at that time, they had been searching for an associate pastor for months. And I I thought, good luck. I hope you find someone great. And then it was funny because then I felt called to apply and I started interviewing. And then it was me. Um, That's so so awesome. Being together is awesome. Being together Mm -hmm. on all the busy times, the Holy Week or Christmas Eve. It's great to be together and to serve together. When we were serving apart, it always felt like, there are these three buckets we were trying to pour into the Fort Dodge congregation, the Goldfield congregation and our family. And we always felt stretched thin when there was a church emergency in both places. It was like, oh. well, which one takes precedent? Um, sure. Your session retreat or my person passing away of a heart attack or like who needs to be with the kids? Who needs to find a babysitter? It was it was chaos. Oh. And it's awesome because the church we serve, they know they know we have kids. They know that if someone's yeah. passing away at three in the morning, Obviously, only one of us is going to be there, and the other one's going to keep sleeping because the kids are home. Sure. Um, when we're away for staff retreats, we are together pouring into the same church and the excitement and ideas into the same church, and then the kids are at home. Mm. It just works better for yeah. for our family. It's really good. I've always felt like um, 
people, whether it's pastor, minister, priest, or you know whatever, twenty four hour job. It is. I mean, and I think people either aren't. I don't think it's a, a thankless job. I think people are very thankful for for you guys. Correct. But I think people take for granted that you know, like you're there, yeah. and people don't realize like you might get that call at three right. in the morning versus them getting to sleep all night. Right. Or uh, no, yeah, no, yeah. we're always on call. Yeah. I mean, very. I can count on maybe two hands the number of times I've had to get up in the middle of the night and go somewhere. Yeah. But also. Um, Sunday mornings are our biggest days and it's like you're giving a 20 minute speech that yeah. you've written on a 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. Yeah. Like anybody who works Monday through Friday, it would be like that. And so even though we're off on Saturdays, in the back of our mind, we're just like, mm-hmm. okay, we have to get home. Like, yeah. we can't travel on a Saturday. Uh, we If we go on vacation, we try to come home on a Friday okay. because that gives us wiggle room in case airline, weather, sure. traffic, car, whatever because you can't just call in sick on a Sunday if you're slated to preach. We could, and in an emergency, we have, and they understand, but um, Mm -hmm. you're still thinking about that. Oh, yeah. Every wedding reception, we're like, this is great, and now it's nine, and we've turned into pumpkins, and we have to go home and go to sleep. Yeah. Blessings to you. Yeah. um, I always think wedding receptions are funny, uh, (laughs) because... You know, this this pastor or minister or whatever is there, and people are kind of cutting loose, and, like, there's this... um, awkwardness I think you know for some people and for some people they don't even think about it but I I get to see it as a photographer like (laughs) I get to watch that interaction and you can just see like (gasps) the pastor's drinking a beer or or like yeah or you see people watch yeah like a pastor or something drink a beer and they're like what's he doing I know well he's human right Mm -hmm. you know I think he's allowed to have a beer yeah I remember the first time I saw a Catholic priest drink a beer (laughs) and I thought for sure they weren't I didn't think they were supposed to like right right, I don't have that education and so I was like, He's and I was with my half brother and I'm like, Hey man, what's he doing? Right. You know? And, and, uh, yeah. And so it's interesting to think that we somewhat hold, I think people of, of a church calling at a yeah. higher. Absolutely. It, when at the same time, you're just as human as I am. Totally. Right? So, I am. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. So it's, it's, a it is a job where we are on 24 seven, mm. but you hit the nail on the head where it isn't a thankless job. We do. The families are, we, we love serving and yeah. they, they thank us routinely and they are appreciative of our presence. But That's, it is just yeah. like, oh, we're in Des Moines for the day and someone's passing away. Okay, wow. now we need to get home mm-hmm. a little earlier than we thought because we need to go yeah. um, and attend to that person. Or, okay, we need to figure out a babysitter because, so Austin has his private pilot's license and so oh. we're flying to Rochester tonight because someone oh, is, you know, in, I mean, not sorry tonight actually tonight we're not but like in general if we get a call that someone is um needing pastoral care and they're in rochester you know we can hop in the plane and be there which is great because we can be there like that Hmm. instead of the drive but then okay now our saturday we're going to rochester and not uh not at home at the the pool or whatever how often do you guys hop on the airplane so he flies he's been during quarantine flying like every friday he is working to get um, a, another designation hmm. and so he's been getting a lot of hours and, and working really hard on that he wants to be a certified flight instructor so that he can be an instructor here in Fort Dodge because the one who was uh, was mm, <sighs> he passed away okay um, Pastor Dan from the Pomeroy the oh. Evangelical Lutheran Church in Pomeroy okay 
I regret that his last name is escaping me, but he was the flight instructor for Austin and so many other guys oh, and gals who are flight uh, pilots right now. Hmm. And so Austin kind of wants to take that on. Dan Fullerton, he wants to take that that kind of mantle on and okay. he wants to be able to do check rides. So every two years yeah. you have to just get recertified. And there's like a whole list of pilots in town who are like, Sarah, when is he getting that designation? Cause I need my biennial. All right. So he's really excited to do that. Yeah. That's, you know, and, I've always had like, uh, so I always feared flying Okay. and flew by myself for the very first time when I was mm, 15. Okay. And I and I wore this church shirt that I got from church that okay. said um, Christ is alive. Okay. And I thought if I wore this shirt, maybe Jesus would take a little more care of me. Yeah. Right. Like that's a, Troy, I was I like, yeah, like we're not going to let the plane go down because Troy's wearing this shirt. That was <laughs> legitimately my thought. And I remember starting to kind of like cry and getting really nervous. Mm-hmm. And there was this mm-hmm. older lady that was behind me, and she actually reached over and like grabbed my hand her name was Faye I never happened no any idea whatever happened to her from that moment on but um, her like granddaughter was sitting across from me and she was terrified as well and so like we kind of shared a moment and you know now I fly all the time yeah and and, but I'm still like every time I get on the plane I'm like it's funny I think if there's children on the plane I'm Uh like God's not going to take this plane down. There's no, children there's on here. Babies here. There's yeah. babies on here. So I'm like, bring all the babies you want on this thing. Yeah. And you know, other people are like, I hate babies on a plane. I'm bring them on. Yeah. Uh, and so, but uh, I've always, I've always wanted to maybe learn how to fly. Well, Austin's your guy. Yeah. After I think, Labor Day, yeah. Austin's your guy. I don't, and I don't know if I would ever necessarily want like, like a full-on license. I wouldn't mind taking the class just to learn it. Well, you can get just to take fly hours. once or you something. Yeah, say, I think that would be so neat. Let's do like 25 hours of flying and see where I am. And yeah. You say, all right, let's do it. I probably feel like, better that he's a minister yeah. and he's closer to God, exactly. too. Exactly. <laughs> You'll be so yeah, safe. I'll be so safe. Yeah. He would love do, doing right. that. He, he knew growing up he either wanted to be a pastor or a pilot. And oh, he's neat. so thrilled that since he got his license in 2014, he's like, this yeah. is so cool. I can be both. That is cool. So he loves it. Um, one time a little boy in the congregation was turning eight or nine. And so his dad said, could you just take him up for like 30 minutes just as a birthday present? Yeah. Austin loves doing that. Or one time he flew one of our parishioners to Iowa city to get some cancer treatment and oh, like, made a day of it. And he, he was like, I love that. I yeah. love that. part." You guys of have ministry. like a four seater or something. We like have a, a six seater. We're okay. part of an LLC called the Fort Dodge Flyers. And so we are 25% owners of this little six-seater plane with um, Eric Knox and Josh Mason. And so it's just in the hangar. And we they just have a group text and kind of say, hey, can I take it to Rochester or I'm going to Ames or whatever. I know uh, uh, John DeLong. DeLong, yeah. John DeLong and Matt Johnson. So they used to be in the Fort Dodge Flyers. And then they decided to get out and so eric knox bought their shares okay and so they together they own a different plane yeah that, like can fly higher and okay. faster so we love it yeah it's great. that sounds like a lot of fun there's a yeah. lot of pilots in town you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't know but a lot of people have that as a hobby and that's been a really fun outlet for austin to have friends uh outside of church and yeah. just they like nerd there's out not on a, there's flying. not a bathroom on these planes there's not you have to pee before you go Ooh. um and scary but our plane can only go four, maybe four and a half hours before right. we need to gas up. And so usually our bladders are good yeah. too. So we can fly as far as like Nashville or Tulsa huh. or um, definitely like Twin Cities, Omaha. Okay, well, that's so cool. Kansas City on one tank of yeah. gas. Oh, that's awesome. That's way awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, I'm going to try to dive into Okay, let's talk little, about Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus. Um, I don't have all the answers, but let's just talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I love that you reached out to me. Yes. Uh, you would listen to some of the podcasts, and I typically talk about my skewed thoughts on church and whatnot. And so uh, I come from a background of, of being a baptized Lutheran, okay. right? Grace Lutheran. And um, I was a troubled child being adopted. I was not... Mm-hmm. I was angry with God. I was mm-hmm. angry with the world, and uh, and some days I could hide it pretty well, and other days not so much. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, growing up at in the church side of things, um, you know, as a kid and as a teenager, and even like as a young adult, I had so many experiences. I think of you know, like forgiveness, mm-hmm. and I would continue to like just stomp on those people yeah. and and they would forgive me again whether it's my mom and dad or our youth pastor or whatever and and so many people like invested in me but I just didn't care mm-hmm. and uh as as time went on uh I went to a mental hospital as a kid as a 14 year old and um that's probably the first time I can really kind of pinpoint um you know really thinking about church and Jesus and religion. I had uh, uh, Jim McCauley. Okay, he yeah. gave me a, a devotions book. I think mm-hmm. a couple people from church did. I think somebody sent me a Bible and two people sent me two different devotions book. And I'm like, why do these people care? Like, I don't care. You know, and then like, you're in a mental hospital. You don't have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And so like picking up a book is is a, a something to do. And so I started reading and uh, came out of that. And I kind of you know, I, I got confirmed. I told my parents, I don't want to sit with you anymore. I'll, I'm now my own church goer. Uh-huh. And so I'd sit by myself or with my friends. Uh-huh. Um, and I kind of went in and out of things. Like I met my biological mom when I was 16, mm-hmm. almost 16. Met my biological dad when I was 18. And in between that time, you know, I got kicked out of high school every semester. I, um, I just wasn't in a good spot. But I always had this like roundabout way of you know, finding some way with church or having a respect for church and so on. And I think where I've changed from that moment to now is like, you know, my mom and dad stuck up for um, some people that wanted to come back to our church that didn't like a pastor that was doing some bad things. Mm -hmm. And so they left. Well, they're the ones that when those people brought attention to the whole congregation that ended up basically firing this pastor mm-hmm. they they then looked at these two people as trouble but when they wanted to come back to our church because we had got a new pastor mm-hmm. my mom and dad like vouched for them mm. and people stood up at this church like legitimately stood up and would have said uh you let them back in we're out of here and i was like how what's how's that turning the cheek you know how's that forgiveness like how does how can you sit there and be a christian and then tell me that this is okay. And so like little things like that, whether it's big or little, mm-hmm. like really skewed my idea of church. Um, yeah. Church boards, I think like it's ran so much like a business. I always, you always hear like how much money we bring in this week and stuff. And I get, it's so double-sided for me because I get that like it takes money to, you deserve a check. You, the church needs operating costs and so on. But I feel like sometimes at some churches, not all, um, that like I feel like sometimes it's the focus, yeah. And I'm like, mm, well, because it's the it's only weird. measurable thing. Like I can't sure. measure how much of Jesus is in your heart, but I can measure whether you were there last Sunday and how much you're giving. Yeah, I can measure butts and bucks. Yeah, and there's <laughs> even in in the church culture is we cannot measure in butts and bucks anymore. We have to measure in discipleship in 
does does the town where our churches even know we exist what are we doing for our town what are we doing for outreach for those who are uh, on the margins and but that's not very measurable mm-hmm. you know you you can measure attendance and dollars you can't measure uh did we grow a bunch of food for the garden and give it to the beacon of hope this year you can't measure that i mean i guess i could weigh the food and say yes 50 right. pounds but yep. yeah we focus on that because it's measurable but that shouldn't be our focus. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's where I get, um, you know, I have like, I, and I always say the word skewed. Um, I always think like Jesus would be ashamed of where we are as a culture or people or whatever, and maybe even be somewhat ashamed in the way we run our churches. I can't really say that. You know, it's not like I've had a conversation with the guy. <laughs> and so, you know, it's my own, you know, maybe bad belief uh, system, I think, or something, but and maybe it's my protection to keep me from, I feel like there's been times where I've been hurt at mm-hmm. church. And so, so or, or see, side. right, like mm-hmm. seeing this thing with my mom and dad and things like that, that maybe say, well, I'm just not going to go. Totally. Yeah. Because I don't want to be my real self because I don't want to be ostracized. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, know. I uh, and, and I think it can get really deep for me and other people probably listening, like, um, are Lutherans right? Are Presbyterians right? Totally. Are Catholics right? right? Are Mormons right? right? You know, like it's so crazy, and I and that's where I find like a lot of. I have some hardcore Catholic friends that mm-hmm. think like they're the true religion. Right. I have friends that are Mormon. I you know obviously Lutheran Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife I think was in a Methodist church. Okay. And so, it, it, that and then I get. I think I find I only see the negative because I only see the people fighting about it. Mm-hmm. And I've had, I have my biological family is Catholic and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they talk, um, they say things they probably shouldn't <laughs> about other religions and the people that belong to them. And then it's, I'm like, so then I have this, I, it's not that I don't like Catholics. Right. I just have this like, uh, cause of maybe one or two people have made it right. hard you're for saying, me. Hey, you're out cause you're a Lutheran. Right. I'm a lady pastor. I'm definitely out. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> or like communion. Like if I, like I believe in Jesus mm-hmm. and then Catholics are like, enough. you can't come up here and have communion cause you're not Catholic. I know. Well, I don't think Jesus was Catholic. That makes me cry. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like uh, it's, it's sometimes hard for me to want to be a member of any church mm-hmm when I feel like I can talk to God on my own. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think there's probably some okayness in talking to God on my own. Totally. But I would love to feel part of a, of a congregate congregation again. And I just yeah. haven't found that place. Yeah. It's, so, it's hard. And yeah. you make a good point that other people make, tons of people make. I, I love Jesus. I love following Jesus. I would identify as Christian and also... I go to church, you know, once every couple years, or I go to church on Easter Sunday with my mom or, you know, whatever they, mm-hmm. they say. And it's not, um, like regular church. And that's changing now too. Growing up when I'm 36, how old are you? I'm 42. Okay. So we're at the same age practically. When we were growing up, I think we measured church attend like good church attendance in quotes, three of every four Sundays. I mean, that's my butt was in the pew three of every four Sundays. But now people who are engaged members of our congregation, it's kind of flipped. It's like maybe once every six weeks or so, and they're still very involved, but Hmm. just life is, is different. There's things on Sundays now that there weren't in the past and there's, um, people to see and things to do. Um, so here's, here's my, short elevator pitch for church and for community. And then we can talk about where where you 
agree with that or what questions you have about that. But the beauty of community, and so by community, I mean like going to church frequently enough where you know people's names, you're involved, you're um, helping and volunteering, that helps me grow as a person of faith more so than if I just did faith on my own. Because as we're in maybe an adult Sunday school class and we're reading a book or we're studying a book of the Bible, um, as someone says, okay, well, here's how I see it. That helps me grow. And that that pushback or that um, the person saying, just just talking about whatever issue it is or whatever scripture it is and putting yourself under the authority of like Troy, Troy as a church member isn't saying, Austin, you need to preach on this book of the Bible this week because that's what I'm reading in my daily Bible reading. Austin is picking whatever book he and the other pastors are picking and we picked it months ago. And so that's helping you to read a book of the Bible or interact and wrestle with a text that you would never maybe wrestle with on your own. Um, and we do obscure books of the Bible. This summer we're doing Psalms and, and that's like the middle book of the Bible. There's 150 of them. There a lot of them are pretty well quoted. You probably know a lot of Psalms by heart, even if Ooh. you were to tell me, I don't know any scripture by heart, but yeah. like the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want like that's sure. in the book of yep. Psalms. Um, so, oh, so where was I going with that? So anyway, <laughs> as you hear different sermons on texts that you wouldn't pick yourself or things you wouldn't study yourself, it helps you grow. <laughs> and people um, sometimes graciously and sometimes not, as they talk to me about how I delivered a sermon, it helps me grow as a pastor or a preacher. It helps me think, wow, yeah, I was looking at that text this way and you were coming at it from a different way. I can see that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, and that mix of young and old, uh, wealthy and living paycheck to paycheck, Republican, Democrat, uh, independent, mm -hmm. um, been a church member my whole life, just got baptized last week, um, two parents working outside the home, one parent working outside the home, uh, day laborer versus career attorney, you know, whatever. All of the different dichotomies, we're all in church together, or at yeah. least. Uh, we were all in church together before COVID. Now we're all kind of virtual, <laughs> but it's just, it sets such a wide table and I can learn from so many of them and I can challenge them and they can challenge me. And so that is the beauty of church and also just being a part of something bigger than myself. Cause Austin and I can be generous with our own money and that goes so far. But then when we have a whole congregation and thanks to people who've been generous forever and ever, uh, we can be just so much more radically generous than any one person could be by themselves. I know right before the coronavirus hit, it was it was Monday the Monday the sixteenth. So like right in March when things were just getting crazy. Yeah. At our last deacons meeting, we're like, hey, this COVID, it's like heating up, and someone was like, all right, well, I vote that we set aside two thousand dollars of our deacons ministry to feed kids during this coronavirus and pastor sarah you know if you hear of things or if you see fit like let's just make a motion because yes church committees need motions and yes, it's like yep. kind of frustrating sometimes but <laughs> but how cool that somebody had the foresight to say let's just dedicate two thousand dollars to feeding hungry kids during the coronavirus if we figure out a need um 
So that's why when you said, when you were a part of that cool spaghetti drive, I said, okay, hi, call me the next time you have that. Yeah. Because I have funds available at my disposal that the deacons board wants to go to feeding hungry kids. Or we were, were able to give uh, scholarship money and, and other money to impact our community. And, and it's my hope that people in the community know about First Pres because we are in the community and generous with the community. Sure. So that's my, that was longer than an elevator pitch, but that's kind of the, re- those are the big reasons why I love being a part of a church community instead of living out my faith just by myself and not being a part of a church community. Yeah. Yeah, I find that all you know super in- interesting, and uh, you know, I, I you, you know, talking about the Bible again, I, I'm probably gonna throw you all my skewed visions so that I can hear your, hopefully, something that'll fix me. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm not a therapist or a fixer, <laughs> but I can be a listener. I don't know. I think that pastors and stuff are kind of a therapist. Well, we, yeah, I, yeah. I mean. So I don't have that training. Some yeah. of my friends, they get the dual degree. They get the master's okay. of divinity and master's of social work. Um, I, I'm very quick to refer to our amazing therapists in town. Right. Um, and so I, I quickly can know when I'm in over my head. Yeah. And then I'm like, hi, okay. Um, let me refer you to someone who can help yeah. you more than I can. Yes, yeah, um, I'd rather talk to a pastor than a therapist. And I'm free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, therapists, they, they, they charge. And so if someone, sure. their life is falling apart, I will meet you with poncheros at 10 at night and we will talk about your life yeah, falling apart. Yeah. And I will meet you and walk you through that and and continue to do that for you, but also nudge. And, and we have funds at the church where... Um, if money is a reason why someone can't go to therapy, we'll help oh, them. Oh, that's awesome. Do that, which yeah. is cool. But I, I think that's a. I think as a as a community as a whole, I love that you just said that you had funds and stuff. Cause it kind of sparks a thought for me. I feel like people don't know that. I feel I like agree. even as a church, like if I, I'm sure if I called my dad, my dad's a, been on you know many boards of whatever. Do they Grace still Lutheran. go to Grace Lutheran? Do they now okay. go to um, uh, Saint Olaf? Okay. Yeah, and so I think he's on the foundation board cool. or something, yeah. right? So, uh, like for that, for instance, like Michael got a scholarship from the church. Awesome, right? You know, and, and it's through the foundation mm-hmm. of the church, and and yeah. I I think sometimes people forget that belonging to that, giving your money weekly, whatever. When you fall on a hard time, there's not just unemployment from the state. You could probably turn to your church and say, "Well, I got this doctor's deal, and I can't pay for it." That you know, and, that has made me see the beauty of church community more than anything else. There's um, someone, there are a lot of people struggling right now. And in particular, there was someone in the church who said, I got this stimulus check from Congress and I don't need it. I want to give it to someone. Do you, who, who can I give it to? That's awesome. So after I like picked myself up off the floor and stopped bawling my eyes out at the beauty of that, Mm I was able to share the name of someone who then received some gift cards in the mail from oh, your awesome. church friend. And yeah. she's like begging me to find out the name. I'm like, nope, I'm not telling you. you. Don't know. But how beautiful is that? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yes. I love it. And yeah. Yeah. We, we, we are there to help because at our best, we humbly remember that we are broken. We are messed up people. And mm-hmm. Jesus loves us anyway. Yeah. And so who are we? to not share that grace and that mercy with everybody else and think, to remember that we are broken too. Yes. Yeah. I'm a very 
broken individual. Well, uh, one of the reasons, you know, you were talking, I don't know if it was to Lydia or Colleen or, oh, now I'm saying her name like you do. Uh, Colleen. Yeah, yeah, like that. Sorry, yeah. Colleen, my dear. Um, and you said something about faith, faith, faith. I want to talk to someone. And so then I was like, hi, I'm a bester. But I struggle with depression and anxiety too. And mm-hmm. I get in my head so much yeah. that if I, I knew that I was doing you a solid by reaching out and re-reaching out. Say, hi, I still want to talk. I still yes. want to talk because my anxiety would say, she doesn't really want to talk to me, so I'm not going to call her back. And I know I'm projecting my stuff on you. No, 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 that's perfect. But that's why I kept reaching out because mm-hmm. <laughs> anxiety stinks and it makes you think so yeah. little of yourself. And oh, yeah. I wanted to say, no, I still it's, want to talk yeah, about faith. It's very easy uh, for me to get in my own way. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I believe that very much when it comes to this subject, like, um, I say stuff all the time, like, well, you know, the Bible's not the full Bible. I believe there's books of the Bible that are missing, right? Because yeah, I mean, some round table council in Roman times decided that, exactly. you know, women shouldn't be able to talk. And right. so, right. So like there's things missing. And so then I feel like, is the Bible really as pure as people say it is? Right. And then I think it's written by man and man are sinners. So like, is there a fault in the Bible? And. But sometimes I think, like, I say that stuff. I think you can say those questions and still be a faithful believer yeah, in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I certainly think that I have a, a, a strong faith in Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and whatnot. I have a very weak um, commitment, I think, to, to church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and I feel like I give myself those excuses, mm-hmm. you know. And, and though I think some of those, like the Bible talk that I just said, I think there's probably some... Um, legitimacy to some of those questions or statements. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes I say those things to keep myself from finding a church. And to use the words of Colleen last night, like those those can be the chains that hold us back and don't set us free and mm-hmm. keep us from saying, you know what, I'm going to try this for a year. I'm going to commit to showing up and just seeing what it's like to be a part of a community. Yeah. Um, and whether that means every week for you or once a month for you or twice a month for you, I don't know. But... Um, yeah, that's some of the stuff, our yeah. anxiety or our fear. To me, when Colleen was talking about that last night at the mm. Juneteenth and Stop the Violence gathering, those were the chains that I was thinking of. I, um, I am very privileged and I am white. but the, So the chains I was thinking of are chains of shame, chains of anxiety, chains of, you know, sometimes being a woman is a chain. Sure. And so I think other people probably had their own ideas of the chains that she was talking about. Yeah. But yeah. That can I totally, could pick hundreds of those. Mm-hmm, that can totally yeah. be a chain that keeps us from living our, our full authentic lives or being vulnerable enough to be in a community. Because it's hard. Yeah. Do I like when people push back on me? No, nobody does. Mm. But does it help me grow? Yeah. I got yeah. called out last week for something and it was really it was a gracious email and it was hard for me to take because I don't like being called out on things. Yeah. I want to be right all the time, but, uh, yeah. um, my it's our black, human nature. Yeah. It was, uh, my black sisters who I'm trying to learn from are like, girl, you need to take yourself out of the center of the narrative and you just need to accept that. Say you're sorry, say you'll do better and move on. Yeah. Like you're going to get things wrong and just keep going. Yeah. And so I needed to free myself from the chains and the shame the chains of shame that I'm like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. Yeah, uh-huh. Now keep doing things now, right. Yeah, move on. Yeah. yeah, fix it and move on. I like that. Yeah. I, I got uh, a fire I, there. I, yeah, I tend, to, uh, I tend to wellow or whatever in my own, mm-hmm. my own grief or whatever. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. uh, I get that. Yeah, moving on sometimes can be a, a hard thing for me. And Yeah. Um, what about like 
like what like whether it's your stance or your church's stance or, mm-hmm. or your husband's too like how how does how do you guys feel about like uh the church and uh like the lgbtq blah 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 sure. like, i always say it all wrong yeah how, how do you guys stance on that um Back in 2010, our denomination came out as open and affirming. And so I recognize what the Methodist Church is going through right now, and they're going to, they might split over that issue right right now. But as a denomination, we went through that turmoil back in 2010, 2011. And we did have some people leave our denomination to start a different denomination called ECO, the Evangelical Covenant excuse me, Covenant Order of Presbyterians. And so they left our PCUSA denomination. Um, so that's something, I, I, it can rip denominations apart as each denomination. I forget, so Grace Lutheran and St. Olaf Lutheran are part of the ELCA. ELCA. And I believe that they're also an open and affirming denomination. I believe so. And then there's I the Missouri Senate or they, whatever that is. They are not. That is not. Um, so each you know each denomination at one point will probably have to go through it and now it's our methodist brothers and sisters who are struggling with that but a decade ago right when we were new in fort dodge we that's what you jumped right into it the pcusa yeah we got ordained uh austin was ordained in 20 in 2009 i was ordained in 2010 and that's like right when it was all coming out like our first couple years out of seminary (laughs) that's one thing i think that i find a struggle with because i you know, I, I you, you talked earlier about like people. If you're talking about like a Bible verse or chapter mm-hmm. or whatever, people may interpret it differently. And I think that there's people that hide behind the Bible and say, "Oh, you know, it says this." Right. Or and, they're and, not open to learning what else it says. Right. Or how I interpret that differently. Yes. Let me tell yeah. you why. Like I and I am living proof of me interpreting scripture differently than my Catholic brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. my Missouri Synod Lutheran brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. um, my, you know, some conservative Baptist denominations, because I'm a lady pastor. Yeah. Together. Yeah. yeah. Those two words together. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty neat. Like, uh, and, you know, growing up, I would have probably never thought, not so much I put a lot of thought into it, but uh-huh. I would have been surprised growing up, like, uh, to have ever had a, a woman pastor mm-hmm. or something. And, and so... And I know there's churches that now have, you know, gay pastors mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that's, for me, I think it's awesome because mm-hmm. I believe very much in humanity. And I mm-hmm. think Jesus or God or however you want to say it, mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe, uh, you know, that he loves everybody. Mm-hmm. He or she. I don't yeah. really know what's Just going on Just say God. Up there. Yeah. 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 I think God loves everybody. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. And, Full and stop. I, yeah. And I certainly have a whole, I have a lot of people that, you know, will get right up in my face and uh, tell me how wrong I am. Yeah. You know, and then I think like. Well, the Bible somewhere says don't eat pork, but yet you eat pork, but you hide behind. You know, so like I, I, know. I, I it have says a really, ladies yeah. should wear head coverings. In yeah, church. like I've never worn a hat in church. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's so crazy to me that people will piece the Bible together to what suits their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so then again, I find that's a, so. Then it's like another check mark for me. Like I, I don't want to go to church because the guy sitting next to me is gonna. Absolutely, because our brothers and sisters in the pews are um, people who might believe very differently differently. than us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then they are these same people who will send you gift cards when you're unemployed during the pandemic. And that's the beauty of our brokenness that um, someone you vehemently disagree with is feeding you during the pandemic or is, um, I, I, I don't know, it. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Did and it's you, hard and it's stinking hard. It's it, so hard. It is. 
you know, your job is, so there was a point, a small point in my life where I really thought maybe I would become a minister Uh or maybe even just a youth pastor. Cool. Uh, I love the youth side of things. Uh I think I can relate to a lot of, you know, the things that I went through as a youth. Even I up hope now. Julie Springer is listening so she can help you be yeah, a, a yeah. senior high youth volunteer. That be, yeah, that would be pretty interesting. Pastor Emily, are yeah. you hearing this? Yeah, Julie? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Julie's good stuff. And, and uh, I certainly miss her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a, a, I don't know, that's just a heartbreaking deal. And, yeah. And he, you know, and he's like such a good, he's just the perfect example to me. You know, like, uh, he never judged me, mm-hmm. you know, on my wrongs and, and, and he applauded my rights and he gave me money to give to people. And I mean, I love it. just, he was, Steve was just such a, such a, a bright light, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's, you know, I'm sure Julie will go through a lot of emotions of, you know, you're mad at God. You took mm-hmm. somebody from me and, mm-hmm. and then you're thankful that, you know, God gave them to you also. And mm-hmm. I believe, you know, maybe God brings people back. Uh, when he's done with them. And, and I hate to think that that's, you know, a cut and dry statement, yeah. but you know, maybe, maybe heaven needed some Steve too. And so uh, I always think I find a little bit of grace in that. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, it's funny. I, I, when you talk about death, like I actually, I think I celebrate death. I, I don't necessarily like being on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope there's, there's a place for me in heaven and I, I'm not a good Christian. I, I have my faults, right? I'm a sinner. And, and, but I believe very much, and and I'm unhappy w- here, and I think there I'm not going to be. Yeah, I and think s- that's the beauty of our faith, that yeah. we have hope that this is not it, and that yeah. we have hope that there is something better for us, and mm-hmm. that's the that's the beauty of our faith that can help us when awful things happen here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Like, I have a friend, Ted, uh, mm-hmm. he'll probably hear this lost a, a, a niece uh, under the age of, oh, geez, I think she was 8 to 10, somewhere mm-hmm. right in there. Uh, she died from childhood cancer. And I think before she passed, Ted was never, uh, yep, I 100% believe in God, but mm-hmm. I believe he definitely recognized God. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, he's been, I think, angry and rightfully so, so I think. But yeah. what do you say to people like that, like uh, that think that you know God doesn't exist because he he, he's letting children die from a horrible disease. Yeah. How do you handle that statement? Whenever I hear a good sermon, I write down the quote in my phone. So I'm pulling up my phone. I'll take a good quote. I That's have perfect. some beautiful answers to that that are not my own words, but that are beautiful. And I always like, while you're looking that up, like I always think like my mom and dad who adopted me, uh, mm-hmm. Mel and Joe here in town, like uh, they lost a seven month old baby. And ended up adopting me, and mm-hmm. and I've hinted around to like how my dad felt. We talked once on an honor flight with another buddy of mine. Oh, like, cool. uh-huh. how did you feel about that moment? Like, how were you angry? Like, how did you handle losing? It? And my dad, you know, without being a perfect sentence by any mean, like, just spoke about you know I had faith. Like he had faith. Yeah. Like uh, you know, like he he didn't. He didn't question God. Yeah. And, and and I certainly think a lot of us do. So yeah, yeah I'd love to love to hear. One, uh, one quote from Dr. Jim Finley, he says, if we are absolutely grounded in the absolute love of God that protects us from nothing, even as it sustains us in all things, it grounds us to face all things with courage and tenderness. And so from this perspective of someone who believes in God and is losing their child to cancer or to SIDS or to a car accident or whatever, 
that quote might be able to give them um, words to their grief that I can't even imagine that they are grounded in the absolute love of God that protects them from nothing, even as it sustains them in all things. Hmm. And so knowing that, um, you know, everybody, the, the thing, the, one of the quotes that people love to say is everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Jesus is everything happens for a reason. And I'm like, "Mm, Jesus doesn't, Jesus doesn't say that. That's nowhere in scripture. Everything doesn't happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, go Eagles. Like, that doesn't mean that Jesus wanted the Eagles to win and the Patriots to right. lose, even though, like, that's what I believe because yeah. I'm an Eagles fan, <laughs> an Eagles fan. I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> but, like, not everything that happens is what God wants or God wills. Sure. God didn't want your uh, bio- your the se- um, your parents' seven-month-old to pass away. God didn't want... Um, Steve Springer to pass away, your friend Ted's daughter to pass away. Like mm. not, no, 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 God didn't want any of that to happen. Everything, um, but everything that God allows to happen, God is also in the business of redeeming. And that doesn't mean that it, um, that doesn't mean that it was worth it. it. I would never ever say to anyone that it was worth it, that they went through whatever they're going through, but God made it matter. It, Ted might be able to talk with other grieving parents with a lot more tenderness that than he would would have been able to if his daughter didn't die. And, and that doesn't mean that it, it was worth it that his daughter died. Sure. I don't think yep. that God would say it's worth it. But God made it matter. Yes. Yeah. God is in the business of of redeeming it. Um the the money that is raised for the um the little girl Kayla Jones who passed away, you yeah. know, the it is not worth it that she's not here, but the legacy that her family is carrying on because she's not here anymore is making it matter. Yeah, it's crazy that you bring that up because I wouldn't be sitting here without her death. Oh, okay. So I photographed Heather and her family shortly before that. Okay. And I was going through kind of a, I can't I can't do this. Like people, I thought people were, other photographers are charging too much. Like mm. I didn't think I could do that. Mm-hmm. And I had some photographers say to me, like, you'll find out the worth of a photograph in a horrible experience. Oh, like, yeah. And okay. sure enough, you know, December 26th comes around and uh, and Kayla passes away. And um, I don't remember how it happened, but they somebody had reached out to me, whether it was Heather or somebody in the family, and asked me for a, photo, a, a bigger mm. photograph to put at the funeral. And at that very moment... I realized the worth of a photograph, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it doesn't matter if I charge somebody $8 or $800. Um, the real worth of that photograph is that that moment's caught in time. Yes. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I've always told Heather, like, uh, it's oddly, it's odd that I have to be thankful that her daughter passed away mm-hmm. for me being in a good spot where I am today. You know, and so it's and is it's, that God making it matter maybe to free you from yeah. the shackles of um, low self confidence to be able to say no, I am worth X and I am a great photographer. Absolutely, go. yeah, it's not worth it though. And I have to. I don't it, think it, God would ever say it's worth it. No, 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 right. And it's but, a harsh reminder whenever but God made it matter. Yeah, whenever somebody passes that I've photographed um, recently, um, uh, Trisha and Quincy uh, lost their daughter oh, yes. in an accident mm-hmm. down in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I had photographed her senior pictures oh. be a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's it's a horrible reminder for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so I try to use, you know, photography, obviously, to fund my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know, we try to give, I, I'm very passionate about the homeless and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, other, we have a, a, an orphanage in Ecuador that I, I won't go to cause I won't leave the country, Okay, but, uh, you know, I try to help out there as much as we can mm-hmm. and, and Burkina Faso and, uh, in Africa. And so I feel like the loss of Heather's daughter, as horrible as that is, mm-hmm. has led a path for me mm-hmm. to give, to, to have something that gives me the funds, time and energy or whatever to give back. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's where I find my balance. I think sometimes I, I don't hate God for taking Kayla, Yeah, you know, but I hate that God had to take Kayla from, from her family. Yeah. I, I hate that that has to happen. Right. And God may never have a purpose for that, that pain. It may never make any sense, but God will make it matter. Mm-hmm. And that you exemplified that just now. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, uh, it's hard to understand it all. It is. Yeah. It's hard. And yeah. I have a master's degree in it yeah. and I'm a full-time minister. It's my yeah. job. I'm a professional yeah. Christian and it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that right now in this generation of pastors, we are moving into being okay with not being okay from the pulpit. Whereas mm-hmm. before in the previous generation, you had to be okay from the pulpit mm-hmm. and you had to be okay in your fishbowl because you were on a pedestal in a fishbowl and everybody saw you. And so you yeah. had to be perfect. And, um, I think this generation of pastors knows that it's more important to not be perfect from yeah. the pulpit. Um, to say from the pulpit that you struggle with depression and anxiety, to say from the pulpit that you sometimes have doubts about God, to say from the pulpit, whatever it is. I So at the rally last night, I was talking to a little girl who I hadn't seen in a while because of the coronavirus yeah. and asked what she was doing. And she was just hanging out at home. And she said, but on Mondays I go to therapy. And I said, that's so cool. I go to therapy on Wednesdays. And she, her eyes just lit up and she said, you do? Yeah. I said, yeah, my therapist's name is Matthew. What's your therapist's name? And, and she said a, a name. And I thought, I hope, I hope she remembers that. And I hope maybe that helped her to be okay as a young girl going to therapy. Yeah. There's a stigma. Um, that, you know, if you go to therapy, you're what's wrong, wrong with you. With you. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. That's I what know that someone feeling. asked me. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Why do you need it? Oh. I need it so that I can function and yeah. so that someone else has a big basket and I can just throw all my yes, stuff into that say basket that. Yep. for an hour and then my basket's empty and I can pour into everybody yeah. else. Yeah. I always need, I, it's, it's, it's okay and healthy to have somebody else carry your load or help carry your load. Yes. And so mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I wholeheartedly mm-hmm. believe in that. And I'm currently not speaking to a therapist, even though I have a friend that's um, been tr- trying to make me. Okay. Um, and, I have uh, business cards in my purse. I I'm, can give you a slew of that. awesome therapists I will do in that. town. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, a, I mean, that's a problem too. And I think that's great as you as a pastor, um, that if you have a, a member of your congregation or just a member of the community that doesn't mm-hmm. attend your church, uh, that you can, you can provide that business card or, or help. Like, mm-hmm. and I think it's great to see, I certainly think there's a part of me that says, oh, pastors are the best of people. Right. And there's a part of me that we're not, I don't want my pastor to be the best no, of people. Or so I want that. Yeah. So I feel normal with mm-hmm. them. And I think that's great that, you know, you're open about it and we go to therapy, we fight with our spouses, yeah. we drink Coors Light at wedding receptions. Like we're so normal. <laughs> yep. uh-huh. And you stop on the side of the road and try to catch dogs. Yes. yes. Yep. Uh-huh. 30 below um, weather. Yep. On Christmas Eve Eve or New <laughs> yeah. Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. We, we're so normal. And I think, I think my CrossFit family sees that more than anything because I'm not a pastor at CrossFit. I'm just 
the slowest person at the CrossFit class, but like they see just yeah. normal Sarah and they're like, oh my gosh, you're a pastor? I'm like, yeah, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I yeah. am. And I'm totally normal and it's just great. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Well, Colleen talked about that last night. <laughs> we were sitting at uh, Sneakers and, and uh, she had just brought up like a moment between you guys and how in that moment, like whatever you had said, it like con- Colleen was like, I couldn't believe she said that. She's a pastor, but she's, you know, she's human. She's another person. I think it was a swear word. (laughs) And I was like, really? And you know, and I cuss all the time. I am a, I, and and times I shouldn't. And I've tried to get really better about it. You know, and I'll do a Facebook live with seniors and I'm saying shit or something, you know, and I I try to, you know, I try to keep the bad ones out. I know what it was. Yeah. It was was recently. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, and it's, and to me, it's like not so much shocking as it is, to hear, just to be able to know that even though I look up to you as a pastor and, and somebody that represents, you know, the good in life and God and, and whatnot, that you're human, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that unfortunately mm-hmm. that's my biggest pet peeve with the entire world is, is we forget that each one of us is human yeah, and, and we're allowed to make mistakes and, mm-hmm. you know, we're allowed to we're screw try, up. And, yeah. And we're trying to hide yeah. behind this, this facade of being awesome. And then when the facade cracks and then you see, that you see the real Sarah and not just the representative Sarah that I've pushed out into the world. Like sure. I want that to be integrated. I don't want there to be my representative that I send out into the world and then real Sarah. I don't want there to be um, Pastor Sarah and CrossFit Sarah or Chaplain yeah. Hill and Mrs. Hill or like whatever. I just, I want it all to be integrated. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, I know we haven't had a ton of interaction, but I certainly would say that you definitely come off as, as a, a fellow human. Thank you. Uh, and, and I think that that's, that's, uh, it makes, it makes things easier. Certainly I, like I would, I would like to come to your church. There's a lot well, of churches sweet. I'd like to, to get to like, uh, you can watch in your jams at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah. We're filming it right after this. All right. And then you can. How, so when is that going to stop? Well, we do have an in-person service at 845 in the morning. Okay. And uh, about 30 people have been coming. Most of them have wore, worn masks. We All sit right. socially distant. In the the sanctuary, which can seat 350, so it, it, we can really okay, sit yeah. far apart. However, because we don't sing at that service, we don't live stream that service at 10. We record another service on either Thursday or Friday okay. with singing and things, and then that's the one that we push out live yeah. at 10 a.m. Um, I yeah. don't know when that'll stop. We I know. we, we now we crazy. Frontier just we spent gobs of money and Frontier spent gobs of time at church, and now we have the bandwidth or the internet capability to actually live stream. Okay. However, if it's a service without singing, we don't know if that, um, could our service be more worshipful with the inclusion of songs? The answer is yes. So therefore we'll do the extra work of putting on the two services each Sunday until we can sing again. Do you think, so here's my thought. Yeah. Uh, And I'd love to get your thought on this is, I think not just in business, the business world, but in like the church world, Mm -hmm. there has to be some congregations that sit in a board meeting and say, it's probably financially better or whatever the reason being Mm -hmm. that from here on out, we don't even have church. We just do this live stream, Mm -hmm. right? Like I caught Hope Lutheran's church service Mm -hmm. um, on, I think Mother's Day. Okay. And... um, I've been to that church a couple of times. That pastor there um, married my cousin at a different Lutheran church in Des Moines. And I think he's a great, he he has a great presence and Mm -hmm. speaking voice and so on. So he's easy to listen to. And I was telling my mom and dad, like, 
because they push for me to try to come to church. And then they don't push real hard. They're they good know mom they're dad, good mom and dad. Of course they do. And I was telling my, my dad, like, <laughs> if I found the right church service online like that, or I, I would tune in every Sunday. And we live in, like, what an age to be alive. You yeah. can see the best preacher. Like, yep. I am not the best preacher. You can see the best preachers in the world right now. You can have the best praise band yeah. in the world right now yeah. to go to church. And you can do it all. From your couch in your jams yeah. with coffee. I think that it's, it's pretty awesome. interesting. Like, you know, if I could ask God three questions or something, that might be one of them. Like, what do you think about this? <laughs> How do you like that we're doing church from, you know, a TV screen? You know, and I hope there's not an, I hope that like if he could answer that he would still find, I guess, hope in that, that like we're at home and we're still celebrating, you know, Christ and Absolutely. we're just not in a church. Or people who are camping or who have yeah. retired away from Fort Dodge or who are at Okaboji or Twin Lakes, they're tuning in too. Because if I'm Facebook friends with them, I see like, oh, Bob Jones is joining us. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So yeah. is that God saying the death of over 120,000 Americans is worth it? Nope. Mm-hmm. But is God making it matter in forcing us as a church to kick ourselves in the butt and say, guess what? You're going online March 15th or March 22nd. Yeah. Figured out. Figure it out. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Because have most churches been talking about it and maybe sooner, maybe next year, maybe who, whenever we'll go online? Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about it for a long time. And God just kicked us out of the airplane and said, go. Yeah. Here you go. And here you go. Yeah. And has it had hiccups and whatever? Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. One leader said, I don't know where you guys are filming, but it looks like you're just in a corner of your basement. And I said, yeah, mm-hmm. we are. We're in a corner of my basement. Yeah. That's exactly where we're filming. Uh, yep. Now we're back in the sanctuary. All right. But, um, yeah. When public health said, like, only essential people go out, we thought, thanks to technology, we can piece it together from our homes. So sure. for, I think, 11 Sundays, we just pieced it together in the corners of our basement. Yeah. And it was okay. And it became the running joke of how many outfits is Sarah going to have oh, in the funny. thing? Or is Mary going to have? Or, or Rebecca or whoever? Because sometimes we piece it together yeah, on different days. that's so funny. It was great. But yeah. someone now watching me in a red shirt on Pentecost said, red is my color. So oh. now red's my color. I'm living like, into that. Yeah, so yeah. I just bought a red shirt yesterday. As you can see, I'm... Cantaloupe is Troy's color, as we found out last night at the Juneteenth gathering. That was pretty awesome. (laughs) As soon as Sherry said my name, I thought, oh, I don't have my camera. I don't have my camera, and I hope she's not going to ask me to come up here. Like, because uh, she was like telling, like, she was like calling people out, and I was like, please don't ask because I'm not. I think it was great that. that when the mic was opened, yeah. only our black brothers and sisters got up to Absolutely. speak. I think that was awesome. I think it was great. And uh, I grabbed the poem from uh, from Barb. That poem made me weep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was yes. happy I had my sunglasses on because I can hide if it. If there are show notes, Troy will put that poem in the show notes because uh, that yeah, was I amazing. I think I can. Yeah. Sweet. I can. Oh, yeah. that was such a beautiful Absolutely. poem. Yeah. Yeah. And that that is God saying to us, not to us, to our black brothers and sisters through that poem, you matter. You are beautiful. Yeah. I I am obsessed with you. I love you. I thought it and was the things so that well other written. people will use to chain you, mm-hmm. I will use to free you. Yeah. Because I am a God of freedom. Yes. It was oh, it so, was good. so good. So good. Yeah. Like uh Ooh, I will definitely so add that. Um mm-hmm. maybe I'll even read it in a afterwards deal. Perfect. And I, can, I can add it in Insert here. So poem yes, here. yes, there you go. <laughs> What about like, um, I think I have a couple questions. Like one, sure. since we're kind of talking about that, I don't believe Jesus is white. 
Like, no, he wasn't white. Yeah. He why, grew up why is it in Palestine. Just, yeah, like, why do we portray him that way? Like, what do you, where, do you think that's... Because we center ourselves in the narrative. Yeah. And so when white illustrators were painting the children's Bible, they centered themselves in the narrative and thought, of course, Jesus is white because I'm white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's no. interesting to me. Jesus was not white. Yeah. 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 I, I've had that argument with some people. It's kind of funny. I actually, oh, a couple no. days ago, somebody posted like... Um, Kind of a rude comment or something to the effect of, Wait, you know, what? Yeah, right. What? what? People being rude behind their keyboard. What? And I wrote back, like, I will challenge anybody on any day of the week that Jesus is not white. Hit me up. Yeah. And I haven't had a single person. <laughs> My friend Jen, who went to Princeton with us at her church, she says on her church sign, We worship a man of color murdered by keepers of the law. Oh. She's getting pretty awesome. Some, she's getting some. I'm sure she's getting some flack. Yeah, for that. Yeah, but I would stand with her. But that's so, true, mm-hmm. and that's uncomfortable. Yeah, that yeah. ruffles our yeah. feathers, especially white people feathers. Yes, yes, that ruffles all mm-hmm. of our feathers. Yeah, yeah. If you've been to Israel and Palestine, the people who are native to that land are not white. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was a refugee. Mm. You know, Jesus and his family went to Egypt for um, a couple of years because mm. God told him to. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus is more like the people we're putting in cages than, than yeah. us. Yeah. That is that's the that is my tiptoe into politics now. Right. Back yeah. Out, yeah. Yeah. Politics. Mm-hmm. Like, you never never discuss politics no. and, and or religion, religion. Right. Yeah. Here or we money. Are. Yeah. Weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other question I have is like, I have a problem, and I'd like to just kind of hear your thoughts on. Sure. You have these giant churches where pastors have um, twenty million dollar jets and are making mm-hmm. millions of dollars. Like, Absolutely. I I just I can't find. I don't know if I maybe it's. Maybe I'm just being too judgmental, which I'm not supposed to be, right? It's supposed to be Jesus' job. Um, but at the same time, like, I have a hard time watching this person being a $20 million jet when we have mm-hmm. people out in the streets eating out of garbage cans. Ours like, is not a $20 million jet. Correct. Fort Dodge Flyers plane yeah. is not. But, <laughs> yeah. but we live in one of the nice neighborhoods in town, and uh, we heard from people when we moved out there three or four years ago mm-hmm. Um Oh, why are you moving out there? Oh, well, that's a big house. Oh, why do you need that many bedrooms? And we had to be firm in our convictions of Mm -hmm. who we are and how our money is spent and the uh, percentage of our income that goes to uh, all the things, including our mortgage, and and talk about it. And we had to be firm in that and then just... um, listen politely as as people said yeah. that and it was fine um it's really hard and it's hard because we don't know their heart i don't know how much they make if they are if they can afford a 20 million dollar airplane in addition to tithing and being generous tithing is giving 10 percent of your income away yep. if they can do that then i have a lot less of a problem with it than not um, if if they're if the things that they stand for and the policies they support and the things they stand from the pulpit are line up with being generous and knowing that there are are homeless people and everything then um i have less of a problem with it but i say that as someone who lives in a very nice house yeah and who owns 25 percent of an airplane yeah and Um, i think but i also say that as someone who gives away 12 percent of my income sure yeah but nobody knows that except the lady karen who does our taxes yeah and 
the millions of people who listen to this podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah. nobody sees that. Um, I think there's a huge difference between the way you, what you and your husband are doing and living. I think you have that right. That's a, it's a beautiful home. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I think own, owning into a jet is or a jet, a jet, a plane, whatever. Wait till you see it. Yeah. And then right? you'll, yeah. you'll choose a different word than yeah, jet. Yeah, but yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. We'll call it the jet. We'll call it the jet. Uh, but yeah, when you see these guys on TV and they have a hundred thousand person church and and, and i think that's people it's it's a lot easier for you to point fingers at me and my big house than it is for you to look at the way you live it is a lot easier oh, for yeah. you to say you have a plane than it is to say but i have a camper or i have a i, I don't mm. know like whatever or, i bought a three thousand dollars snake the other day and i could have given three thousand dollars to church yeah I like raced, a live one I, yeah i raised snakes you race there's snake racing I raise, I, I'm sorry, I raise them. Oh, I thought and you then, said yeah, race yeah, them. I was like, I that do not cool. know there's snake racing, yeah. but I'm here for it. Uh, okay. I breed them and then sure, we do some shows. Sure, but nobody knows that. Not many. Nope. Now they do. Yeah. Yep. We're just busting all the truths, but yeah. it's a lot. It's so much easier for people to look at other people than think, mm-hmm. oh, well, I buy $400 sunglasses or $200 pairs of shoes. Yep. Or what? I mean, we all have our vice, whether it's Absolutely. Starbucks or whether it's... Um, like trendy, I don't even know trendy sunglasses because I buy Target brand, but whatever the trendy ones, <laughs> yeah. trendy sunglasses are, like yeah. we all have it. I think we just need to do the work in our own lives. And then, I mean, I guess it's okay to call out power, but I, don't, I just, I want people to think of their own lives and the yeah. way that they live their lives too. Um, I know someone who, I mean, some of the most generous people in our town live in my neighborhood too. And yeah. they do things that you will never, ever know about. You One of them, Jeff and Kelly did. I love Jeff and Kelly. Good Hi example. guys. Yep. Good example. Um, things that you will never know. Doctors mm-hmm. in our town who have done, um, free, uh, procedures for church members who couldn't otherwise afford it and they were bawling their eyes out and they're doing it on their own time oh, or, so cool. or somehow like I don't know how doctors do it but mm-hmm. like writing it off or something like but we never see that yeah we are just super quick to judge whoever it is because they took this nice vacation or have this or have that and I just I wish that people would stop that yeah well I'm so guilty off. of like I I bitch at people when they judge and I'll say stuff like, uh, well, that's Jesus's job. Mm-hmm. And I think like I'm on my high horse at that moment and I'm like, this puts you in your place. But it, and then I'm like a minute later, I'm like, well, I can't believe that guy has a $20 million like, jet. Look at that camper. Yeah. No. Look at that, yeah. <laughs> Who cares? So I, I'm certainly guilty of. a beautiful beach house yeah, or lake house yeah. or whatever. I grew up going to the beach. I grew up going oh, to the shore. Yeah. So welcome to Iowa. Beach house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so sad. Um, uh, well, yeah. I know you have like probably 10 minutes left ish. I have 20 minutes 20 left. 20 minutes left. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, well, in this next 20 minutes, I'm sure it doesn't take 20 minutes to do this. It, knowing my skewed ideas, how, how, would, how do you approach somebody like me and get them to come to church? Hmm. Putting you on the spot. How would I get... How do I get Troy's and Lisa to come to my church? Mm. Um, no, I would get you to go to um, St. Olaf, which is where like you guys are, are members and everything, but... I would say, I mean, the easy thing to say is just, just try it. Just yeah. show up and see, see how God uses that to change you. Dig into, you know, the scripture Emily uses 
um, on Sunday, like dig into that and see how you, how that can figure out in your life that week or sit next to someone who you don't know to befriend them and just see, just, just show up. And that's mm-hmm. the hardest part because we're scared and we're nervous and we're busy, but just showing up week after week, that's what, um, gets you to be a part of the community. That's what, um, that's where the, the change will happen and the, the rubbing up against each other for better or for worse, mm-hmm. or that's when you'll be able, uh, one of the guys on our leadership board, once he's like, you know, I don't see eye to eye with this other person. I think I need to take them out to lunch. And I loved that approach Yeah. that instead of just writing that other person off and thinking, gosh, we'll never vote the same on any issue on this church board. They thought I need to take that person out to lunch and listen. And that I liken that to you and Lisa just showing up at church and, and listening mm-hmm. or, um, So sometimes, or even like in youth ministry, if you want to start volunteering with the high schoolers now that Michael's gone and you're not like cramping his style, they are not going to tell you all of their deepest, darkest fears and hopes and dreams the very first night, but they will two years from now after they know that you're showing up every Sunday night. And that's the hard part about ministry is because you're like... No, but I want to see fruit now. Like, I wish I was an accountant so I could have a spreadsheet at the end of the day and th- be accomplished. But like, I am just now seeing fruit of when I was a youth group leader in college to middle school girls who are now 24 and 25 and going into seminary or serving as missionaries in huh. Africa or raising their kids to know and that's love awesome. and follow Jesus. And I'm like, yes, that's a win from 2004. Yeah. And it's 2020. Yeah. And so... You waited a while to get the, the reward. You wait a long time, a mm. long time. Or I heard a podcast, so Brene Brown was interviewing a researcher and he said, I owe my entire career to my uncle who when I was younger and being sexually abused was the only one who noticed. Hmm. And I bet that uncle talking to the eight-year-old who's now like 58 or maybe who knows how old he is, that's a long time for the uncle to wait to mm-hmm. realize the return, the ROI, the return on investment. Yes. Yeah. So I would encourage you to go and show up even when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And show up as Troy. Don't send your representative, but just show yeah, up as Troy. I try Troy to be pretty real. And just just be there. Whether it's calling Julie and saying, I want to help with senior high youth group, or whether it's just, Lisa, let's let's go twice a month. Yeah. Um, Because, Emily, they're doing outdoor worship now. So just... Bring your chair twice a month. Um, for some couples, like one year, hmm. a couple said, we're going to go every Sunday in Lent. And Lent is five Sundays, and then it's East Palm Sunday and Easter. And so it was like seven Sundays in a row. And that was just what they wanted to do. Hmm. And so even when they were tired or it was snowy or rainy or something, they just said, we're just going to show up. Yeah. And they loved it. Huh. Um, so whatever that looks like for you um, time-wise or like once a month versus four times a month or whatever. Yeah. But just start showing up now and it might not be until a year from now that you're like yeah that was awesome or that Hmm. that's been really cool because it's not until you're down in the dumps that someone's going to help you or until someone else is down in the dumps that you get helped this one lady um there's a single mom in our congregation who's who brings her kids every sunday her kids are our kids and so they are not sitting there quietly yeah um and they're they're wild and they're awesome and they're energetic and she shows up even though it's hard and now there's a lady in our congregation who's made her dinner a couple times during the pandemic because this, right. this single lady is like well i love to cook and it's hard to cook for just one right so i'll just cook a bunch huh. and can i have this 
can I have this gal's phone number and call her? And the lady, the mom, who was on the receiving end of all the yummy food, like she couldn't place the lady when they were talking on the phone. But then when the lady showed up in her mask with the food, she's like, oh, it's you. It's you. It's the lady I've seen every Sunday since I, um, you know, since my separation or my divorce. And wow, thank you. Yeah. And it's a delicious home cooked meal. And so those are the kinds of stories that don't happen after you just go once a year or one Sunday. But those yep. are the kind of stories that are formed over months. I'm definitely a once a year guy right now. Well, I go to, maybe go I twice go to like, a year uh, now. I go, to, you know? I go to three services on Christmas Eve. Oh, I love Christmas Eve. It's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite. I also like traditional church way better than like the new contemporary. Sure. Absolutely. You know, like, and in yeah. our town, we have both. And now, again, online, you have the greatest traditional service ever, yeah. the best organs ever, or you have Pastor Emily and Jason who are also awesome yep. and who you know. And yep. so if it can connect you, I don't I don't know what kind of service they're doing outside now, if it's more traditional hmm. or more contemporary, but I do right. they block off um, directions. They block off that road west of the church. All right. Like between the church and the field. Because huh. you guys are out when we're done. Okay. And so as we drive home, we see you guys. All right. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't went. It's okay. Yeah. So That's I'll okay. have to maybe check in with my mom and dad and maybe I'll jump in with them one of these days. Cool. Yeah. That'll be great. And just, I do plan on going to, I sent you the the link of the video where the pastor is talking about me. That was very cool. Yeah. See, pretty interesting that is story. God making something matter. <laughs> yeah. And reminding you, yeah. you're, you're going to throw egg at me and I'm still chasing after mm-hmm. you, Troy. Yeah. Because yeah. I still love you like crazy. That moment, like forever. I mean, I was a, I was a shitty kid. How, was that when you were in high school? Yeah. Okay. I was probably 17. Who's the Perry guy? Perry Peterson. Oh, I don't know him. Yeah, Darn. he his uh, Cole Peterson. You know Cole, yeah. Cole and Molly. Yeah, so Cole's older brother. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So like Cole was a couple well, of years younger. Well, his parents go to our me. church. I know okay. yeah. Cole yep. and then yeah. um, his parents. Karen yep. and Paul. So yeah. So Perry. So Karen and Paul's son. Yep. And I don't know where. I think Perry might be in Minneapolis or something. I'm, don't quote me, but I think cool. so. And, and so yeah, me and my buddies drove by and That's saw so it and cool. threw eggs at these people and. I went to run away because that's what I'd have done the last time I threw eggs at somebody. Because most people yep. will come after you. Because there's they like get thir- it looked like thirty of them, and there's okay. three of us. So I'm like, I'll take maybe Bad two odds. on one, but I don't want thirty on three. And so uh, we kind of bail. And I remember it was like concrete. I mean, I just walk. It's like I hit concrete, and I was just like, something's not right. Yeah. Like I had this just the most oddest feeling in the planet. And uh, I remember turning around and watching these three people approach me with like no idea what would happen. Right. And yeah, they invited us back. Oh my gosh. Being a church group. Like, I mean, I felt so bad, but it was so neat because they, they did, they brought us back to Perry's house and, and uh, my mom and dad's house to Perry's house is, is the only thing that's really between it is Cooper school where this happened. And okay. And so, yeah, pretty crazy. And then like that guy was saying, I went to, I met a, I was in an airport and this guy, Stefan, and his kids, and I love kids, and his kids were, like, putting stickers on me and stuff, and they're, he's like, I am so sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's fine. It's Your fine. kids are cute. You know, like, it's funny. and like, I'll play with them. And and he was like, oh, you're a photographer because you could see my bag was open and my camera's kind of out. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I, I tinkle around with, you know, with cameras. And I'm like, oh, cool. And so we get talking. We're in Florida at the same time, like, same beach almost. And then we fly oh home. Gosh. He's on the flight home. To and Des Moines? He, yep. Okay. And so he's like, hey, I'm at this church in Cedar Rapids. 
um, would you, would you ever want to come over? And I'm like, yeah, let's keep in touch. So for like three or four years we'd write emails, but I never visited the church. And then this girl, Jody reached out to me and she was like, Hey, we'd like Stefan recommended you. We looked at your website. Could you come over and meet with us to do their affirmation pictures? Okay. And so I'm meeting with her and she asked me about Perry oh my and I'm like, I have this funny story and I tell her and like when I'm telling it, I I'm kind of so ashamed about it, but at the same time, like it's a really pretty like testimonial story about uh-huh. you know Jesus and whatnot and so I look up and she's like in tears and I'm I'm starting to tear up and she was like I was the girl that came and talked to you that night and I was just like for years I wondered what happened to these people like would I ever cross paths with them again See? and that's waiting years yeah. for ministry to yes. happen and so it was pretty uh... neat and now this guy's a pastor who you know, brought up the whole egg thing and how it, you know, roundabout, same thing, story about Jesus. And and that's and, the church in Humboldt, right? Yeah. yeah so, so that's really close. Yeah. So I think I'm going to try to head up there cool. and just pop in and maybe not tell him. And then I'll you just can eat and, lunch at the new Rustics. Oh, that 209, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. 209. To, yeah. yeah it like, looks beautiful. Yeah, 209 makes some good food. Oh my gosh. Their bacon yeah. jam on their burgers. Ooh, oh, it's so good. I will try that. That's what you have to get yeah. after church. Mm-hmm. There's another bacon thing in Cedar Rapids called Man Candy. And it's like bacon that they put um, brown sugar and like a little bit of spice in. Yum. It's the best oh damn gosh. thing on the planet. Yum. What you could do is it maybe instead good. of serving that bread wafer, you could serve man candy bacon. because yeah, that's gluten-free. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe like mm-hmm. some crazy people will show up to church for I bacon. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We, yeah. we are not bound to the wafers. Yeah. Know? Especially in, in COVID, we said just get a bread or a cracker yeah. or a goldfish or whatever and yeah. then get grape juice or any juice or water or wine or whatever sure i always joke with like my dad or something like well if it was my church i would serve like i'd give people like chunks of cheeseburger or something right like (laughs) i don't think jesus would really care if i'm not breaking bread delicious yeah you know so it'd be funny i would have a funny church i think but it's probably probably wouldn't be well attended Or would it? Because it, yeah. <laughs> you have no guard up and yeah, you're real. Because some people think, oh, I have to put up this awesome facade because yeah. I'm going to church and I'm perfect and my yeah. kids are perfect and, and my that's one thing I hate about it. I mean, that's one thing I go to church and I, you, you know some people. Right. And I'm like, oh, weird. You're at church and you're perfect. But when we leave here, but then I, week I know after, what you really do. Yeah. <laughs> or, or week after week as you sit with them, then you realize... Mm-hmm. Then you just hear the hard stories. Our our daughter was just killed in a car accident yeah. or my husband has terminal brain cancer or whatever. And then you're there for them. And then you're like, well, I'm going to, um, there, like there was a woman at church who after Katie and John Clay got into their motorcycle accident would bring them a meal once a week All right. for literally years Yeah. because she also lost a daughter-in-law in a car accident and okay. just, she didn't know them too well. Maybe she did. I don't know. But she thought I can't do much for them, but I can cook and I yeah. will show up once a week. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that I like that, that you bring up the show up part. Cause that was talked about last night too. Um, like, uh, I know, I believe he's a pastor or a reverend or whatever. Um, that had big Willie stood out in front of him. Oh, Rob Johnson. Yes. Yeah. I think he's yep. a pastor from Des Moines. Yeah. I don't think yep. he's, I think a, he's a pastor from Des Moines. Yep. And, uh, he, uh, he said something about like, you know, like, um, uh, chief porter like showing up mm-hmm. and and i and that those words like kind of stuck with me at that moment and so i love that today then y- you've said it too and it is that easy to right. just show up and so but I, it's a little harder because we have to put our actions behind yep. our words like i see so much virtue signaling on facebook now where people are like oh everybody else is doing a black square i will too yeah. everybody else is saying black lives matter i will too and yeah. i'm like 
I don't want to do any of that. I want to start learning and like yeah. actually showing up and doing something. If I looked back far enough on my Facebook, I could probably find where I've argued with people that all lives mattered. And I didn't. Now you and, and, and yeah, like I. Now that you know better, you'll do it. better. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't think about it. And Absolutely. Really until this, yeah, just this last whole bout of things mm-hmm. where it really clicked for me. And I think yeah. if you're not changing throughout your life, you're doing it wrong. Like, of yes. course you're going to change yeah. throughout yeah. your life. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, And I, if you can be humble enough to admit that, yes. that is also huge. Yeah, yeah. Because you can say, oh, thank you for tea. And that's the hard part. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you take yourself out of the center of the narrative and say, yeah, now that I know better, I'm doing better. Yeah. And I mean, that whole subject for me, like I came from a place of, I don't necessarily think I was racist, but the people I hung out with were very, it was very much a black and white head to head kind of deal. And mm-hmm. so my friends were white. Mm-hmm. So I was probably guilty by association mm-hmm. and probably said the N word to people mm-hmm. too many times in high school. Um, and there's probably people that see me maybe at one of these events that are, that question it. And I think that's very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that guy to this guy, like I, I believe wholeheartedly that you have to, ch- yeah. you have to be able to change. And they'll know that because you'll keep showing up every Juneteenth, or you'll yes. keep showing up yeah. at all of these events, I will and then eventually support it 100%. with your actions, they'll know. Yeah. Okay, he is not the same dude he was in high school. Yeah. And, and, and I think that revolves the church. Like I, there's so many people that saw who I was at church, and there's some people that probably still point a finger at me, and and again, that's fine. That's between them and God. Yeah, right? like, it is. Uh, uh, totally. And there's a lot of people that, you know, Jim McCauley stopped in yesterday. He and, was there. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And Jim was always a big part. Like he pushed and pushed for me to, uh, to succeed, you know, and I'd be at youth group and I'd throw a chair and cuss and yell. Mm-hmm. And so is he retired now or is he serving another he's congregation? Now, he's now in a different, yeah, he, he just recently, I believe got his calling or whatever to be a pastor at X church. I don't know which one it okay. is. It's horrible of me. That's okay. Uh, but he was a huge part of, you know, pushing for me to be a, a better person. And it just took a long time. And yep. I think about the things he told me as a 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old. And now as a 42 year old, exactly. I'm finally applying them. Back in the nineties, yeah. he's yes. finally seeing fruit in 2020 yes. of stuff he did in the nineties. Yeah. Like that's the hard and beautiful part about ministry. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. You know, and, and I'm pretty, I, I would say I, I really like uh, instant gratification. As mm-hmm. most humans probably do. I do too. It helps my, um, mm-hmm. helps my self-esteem. Yeah. I mean, when I, you know, I've had some good conversations with homeless people. I've had some pretty bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and part of, I think, giving is I like the feeling knowing that I helped that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and to think about, like, you know, there was a story not long ago where an EMT um, gave a homeless man some boots and a coat and mm-hmm. a couple dollars or whatever. And then she didn't see him for like eight eight or nine years well the seven dollars that she gave him was the seven dollars that got him his driver's license back i think this is on like oprah or something if you i'm sure i can't remember what's on and sure enough like she's in a gas station doing her emt thing they would post up at the chevrons with the ambulance and then wait to be in that community because it was a Mm -hmm. bad part of town or whatever Mm -hmm. and a lot of violence and and so anyway, she goes into the bathroom and she comes out and she said, this man is like in my face mm-hmm. and he's like, thank you. You know, can I hug you? And she's like, who are you? Right. And he's like, you don't remember me. And like, she, he's like, you gave me $7. And she said, then it clicked. And she, uh. so seven years later, eight years later or something, this $7 completely fixed this man's life. He now like has a, 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 a a part in church. I think he, oh, he volunteers so at church and has like a job and like back on his feet. And I it was just it. a neat story. So I love it's like gorgeous. Yeah. Love you it. kind of talking about that. 
I because when I heard that story, I didn't really think about it that way. I just thought, well, that's cool, right? Mm-hmm. It's neat. It took seven years, eight years, but when you talk about it that way, like it puts way more meaning into like that time frame in between. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks for yeah. sharing that. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's a neat story. I try to share that. I should probably share it. I probably did share it on Facebook. I shared a lot of stuff. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's probably on my page somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Uh, well, I know you are getting probably really close. Oh, yeah. So um, how would you like to finish out this podcast? Um, I would like to tell people if they think God is angry at them, God is not. If they think that they are not worthy to step foot in church that that is not true and that god will always welcome them back with open arms and run after them that our god is a god who would leave 99 sheep to go find one which doesn't make any sense financially or logistically for a shepherd but god Mm -hmm. would do that that our god is a god who loves us more than we could ever imagine who invites all of us to sit at his table and be fed and be nourished. And there is nothing that you could have done that will throw you down so far that God's hands won't catch you when you hit the bottom. And that there is nothing that happened in your life that God did or chose for you to do, but that God is in the business of redeeming all of those things and making them matter. And God sits with you in your darkest moments and in your most joyful moments. And as someone who is a minister, I want to live every day sharing that love and that inclusion and that generosity and that grace to everybody else. And I will get it wrong and I will say, I am sorry and I will keep showing up. And if you haven't been to church in forever I'd invite you to go back and Mm -hmm. if you don't feel comfortable we live in a time of coronavirus and you can tune in on Facebook and no one will ever know but God is bigger than our wildest expectations and God's love is more expansive than anything we could ever know and I hope that you feel that love today amen (laughs) I like it yeah (laughs) that was a good benediction if if people would like to attend your church um we know that's here in Fort Dodge yeah first Presbyterian first Pres it's 1111 Fifth Avenue North right across from Phillips Middle School and I would love to see you and come say hi but people watch online for do you think you guys will continue that even we are yep we have definitely decided that we will always have an online service you could go to the top of our website fpcfd.org and at the very top header there will always be a link to click on Facebook or YouTube and watch our Sunday morning service at 10. Awesome we'd love to see you yeah well I certainly appreciate that you uh kept on me you're welcome um I'm very bad about uh scheduling and doing things and doing things that could be uncomfortable and yep and at anxiety the same time, I stinks love it. yes anxiety so is the worst and we uh, have to help each other when we're all anxious so yes i'll keep yeah. harping on you well, i certainly <laughs> appreciate it i hope we get to do it again yes please yeah. austin wants to too yeah so. i was just gonna say like i think this next one should be a, a three-way conversation cool yeah i would like that i think you i have a fourth mic if you want to bring somebody else sweet that <laughs> we can would do be a whole awesome. round table or my table is square so we do a square table excellent yeah let's do it i love it awesome well i'm going to end this and uh i certainly thank you again you're welcome thank you